Funding for Start the Beat is provided in part by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for everyone else out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer, soda, water, coffee, tea in the fridge, whatever you like. Cheers to everyone out there in the world doing their thing today. Yes. Uh, Hold on one second. I'm going to have a little sip here. (sighs) All right. Well, for those of you out there in the internet land that have stumbled onto this video without looking at my guest, not reading who the name of the, the, the name of the episode, not reading my guest. If you don't know who it is, you're about to know. Everybody, make some noise for my friend, Louis Petrode. Oh, man. Hey. Where's the claps? Damn it. <laughs> I keep, uh, you know, I, 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 I like keep on like adding new things to the setup and I'm trying to like streamline things, but I forget that I do things. So it actually just ends up setting me back like that but how are you doing i'm pretty good man you are such a hard worker man i really admire what you do for sure well thank you i appreciate you having me no dude i appreciate you reaching out wanting to come on and chat it's been a complicated time for all of us out here you know some of us have used uh the past year to our advantage some of us it's really gotten us down Mm -hmm. some a mixture of both how have you been holding up over the past year? It's probably been well over a year since I've seen your ass, man. It's been too yeah, long, man. too long, way too long. I miss these kind of conversations between uh, artists and creatives because we always had it at uh, like intermittent shows and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the cool, th- the cool thing about this show in general is that like even when we have shows, it's a little bit hard to like really lock in with someone when there's so much chaos going on around you you know uh what have you been doing creatively you know since we last spoke i know there's a whole lot of time that's been going on so maybe we don't want to dig into like the past you know 13 14 months but what's going on right now with like whatever you're up to creatively man yeah so um cam schmidt and i have been working closely on doing like the animations so we've been putting out as abstract theory we've been putting out singles monthly uh just to kind of roll out um different aspects of hip-hop and put them all together and show the different styles and kind of put out and showcase all of our talents that we've gathered through our touring our life experiences moving yada 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 you know totally Um, but through that, we found that we've got connections through other creatives and we've been collaborating with them. Like Cam Schmidt and I have been working closely to do the animation for Blue, our single that we put out in December. And that went super well. We got um, really good feedback on the animation style and just our collaborative efforts was 
it's it sat well with our fans and anybody that was looking outward or inward into the frame, you know, from, I don't know, from a random country. We find them on the analytics, you know, I, which I think is amazing that we can reach out to like Thailand or somewhere that I haven't been, but Troy's been, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just a great feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, but in that, in those efforts, we also had like a couple sad projects and um, Cam Schmidt and I have been working on a comic book, which hopefully will be done by the end of the year. It takes a long time, longer than I expected then. Um, I don't know. Have you ever done any comic book thing? You know, I did try to do a comic book in high school uh, mm-hmm. a long, long time ago because I'm a dinosaur. And I actually still have the comic boards right over here. Hold on one second. This will be funny. I could show you. Yeah, this. yeah. Because it's like within arm's reach. Why not? So back in high school, I tried to do a comic and uh, I still have these fucking boards. I didn't get very far. A lot of it's penciled. And this was like, uh, you know, doing like penciling, inking and story myself. And that's a lot, man. A comic book is a lot of fucking work. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm happy to have Cam. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. had I had a I had a character and his name was uh his name was Piddle. Mm-hmm. Uh Piddle and Gangster Hot Dog Man. So here's a uh, there's Gangster Hot Dog Man right there. Damn, dude. These uh, are amazing. Let me see if we got see if I got like a good shot of Piddle somewhere. Gangster Hot Dog Man had a uh, had some posters of hot babes in his house and he was smacking that ass. It was very much of the time, very high school. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, those are amazing. Thank those you. Are uh, super, super sick. But uh, I got about. It took me a very, very long time to get what I got done done, and it wasn't even anywhere close to finishing this. And I was like, "Nah, I can't do this. No fucking way." I had the idea. It was way too much. So, to answer your question. In a long way, yes. I, I know how much work it takes. So kudos to the both of you. It's awesome yeah. that you have like a teamwork. You need a fucking team to get that shit done, for yeah, sure. Man, I, I wish I was in the drawing efforts. I, I do not draw. That's all can. Man. But I'm able to bring some uh, some ideas and some story writing to the table, and we're able to push out a collaboratory effort. Then totally, right. totally. Yeah. So you know, you are a hip hop nerd. You're a bit of a yeah. comic book nerd. I'm assuming now. For sure, yeah. Um, which I mean goes hand in hand. Any any asshole with an MF Doom poster behind them is probably <laughs> into both of those things, right? Um, yeah. So you know, let's go back to uh, uh, Tiny Louie, the beginning mm-hmm. days. Uh, yeah. How did you find out about the world of underground hip hop? Probably my dad, man. He would be. Uh... My all right, so my dad and then a couple other people, but he would be playing like some Easy, some Eminem. I remember when Encore came out, he picked me up from my grandma's after work, and uh, he goes, "Yo, I just got the new Eminem album. You know what we're listening to on the way home." So, like things like that. Um, it's just all kind of dribbled throughout my life. But um, I had I, went, I used to go to a daycare, and. The, when we would go on field trips for like um, a summer, we had this like summer field trip kind of summer day camp 
thing going on every single year I attended. And every single day we go to the park or bowling or like Chuck E. Cheese or like somewhere special on Fridays, like the zoo or Laurel Caverns or something like that. And uh, we didn't have like a bus or anything to go those places. So they would have like vans or rent like, um, yeah, essentially just vans or other cars. And sometimes we would have the, the teacher's cars and we'd be able to listen to music and they'd, they play some them and stuff like that, uh, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. But it wasn't until like, uh, I think like LimeWire came out, you know, started downloading random songs from the internet, you know, uh, try to dive through all like the features of, of an album, you know, you're like, oh, this artist is on this album. Let me go check out them. And then you kind of go, that's how I kind of went th- through those rabbit holes before youtube was available you know yeah 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 i think i think that it was probably really really similar for me um just uh i don't know because i mean i I, uh well i didn't get into underground hip-hop from my dad i could tell you that uh but uh um just finding out about things just like um yeah, you, you find one artist and if like you're really, really into it, your curiosity will kind of open up a thousand doors from there. If you just scratch beneath the surface a little bit, you know what I mean? Like the first time I found, I found Aesop Rock's Labor Days at a Goodwill. And I was <laughs> like, I don't like, uh, and it was in a stack of like a bunch of metal CDs. And at the time, you know, I'm metal, I'm a metal kid. I liked hip hop too, but like, I don't know why that CD was just in the middle of everything. And the album cover is like, you know, the Labor Day's album cover has like that sketchy artwork. Like it could be a rock CD, you know what I mean? Like a Lincoln Park CD or something. So I was like, I'm going to get this. And I got it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like it just blew my brain open. And uh, then it's like, oh, like, you know, what else is on Def Jux? And then, (laughs) you know, just like the floodgates open from that point. So super, super cool. Um, I remember um, from like that, story it sparked i went to my dad and i used to go to yard sales and like flea markets and stuff i remember going up to a table at a uh, flea market and they had a whole table of cds and i saw um gorillas the what's the album with uh, clint eastwood on it that's just self-titled yeah yeah self-titled gorillas and i saw it and because i'm little i had to be at least like nine maybe ten or eleven and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, this is a cartoon on here. This might be cool. And you flip it over. It's all the graffiti and stuff and uh, 2D spray paint. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I got to get this. And I was like, yeah, can we get this? And it's 50 cents. And he looks at it. He's like, oh, you're definitely going to like this. And he puts on Clint Eastwood as soon as we get in the car. And that has, um, who's on that? Uh, that's that's Dell. Is that Dell? Yeah. 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 That, 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 that's, that's really fucking cool that you had like, um, a parent that was into that stuff and wasn't very much like, oh, you shouldn't be listening to Eminem. But I guess that like it's probably not too uncommon for somebody like people that are maybe in your age range to have parents to listen to more like alternative shit. I mean, my parents were young when they had me, so my dad was listening to like Metallica and Megadeth and shit like that. So that's where like all of my metal came from was from my pops right 
And uh, now, in terms of like you know your family and music and shit like that, you're doing music and you know how, what is like your family's response to like all of the stuff that you've been up to over the past few years. So my dad's uh, super into it because I was never into sports. So now he gets to go to all the shows, <laughs> you know. Uh, so he's always geeking out. He has the the shirts on all the time, you know. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. He he likes it a lot. My mom, uh, she supports it. She's uh, she lives in Georgia with um, my other brothers and sisters and uh, her husband, which is my stepdad, Mark. And they all support it, which is nice. Um, grandmother, my nana up here, Grammy, they all love it. So that's all. It's always great to get that from, um, like people that are really close to you. And, but it's also scary because I don't know, it, it's kind of hard to like, you've been a, just a kid to them all your life. So now you got to divulge like what you actually feel about the world. And usually it's, I don't know, it's some, usually it's not as good as what you, make it out to be when you're a kid or what you know you think it was and and when you spill out those feelings and how you feel it's always um uncomfortable at moments you know oh sure it's like you gotta you have to be in a room like really you know putting it all out there which you do you know you're a very active performer um you have an energy that i definitely fuck with when you're on stage but like trying to get that energy out in a room with like somebody that probably changed your diapers at one point in time in their life. <laughs> it's just kind of like, what the fuck, man? Like, you know, too yeah. much. Uh, you know, I can't, exactly. my, my, my guards, uh, I can't, it's like, I guess it's, it's, it can feel hard to be cool if the family's mm -hmm. in the room, but if family's cool, then it's cool. Yeah. The, it's also, um, I, there's that vibe, especially with, uh, friends too. You're like, is this, do you actually like this song? Like, and they're always like, oh, I don't want them to be afraid to say what they feel, you know? So there's like always that situation. They're always like walking on the wire and you're like, ah, oh, damn. Yeah. It, no. It's, it's hard to figure out those kind of dynamics, but you know, it's, that's how life is, man. You got to kind of talk through those things and work it out. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, it, you can, if that's your thing. It's really interesting trying to, uh, figure out like, the actual worth of your art um, when like you're in a bubble, you know, mm -hmm. I think that's like sometimes, and I've had this conversation plenty of times before. So I apologize for anyone that's maybe heard me talk about this with somebody else, but maybe you have a different take on this. Um, when we're talking about, you know, like the, the weaknesses of a local music scene and maybe like the weakness of the Pittsburgh music scene, I think a problem within the Pittsburgh music scene is that a lot of people are like too nice to each other to a point where we don't really call each other out on people's bullshit or we don't like always like have an honesty to be like, yo, like maybe that wasn't your best performance or anything like that. So like everything ends up being more mediocre a lot of the time because nobody is stepping up because nobody's getting like told that like, yo, like you could do better. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, uh, I understand. Like not that, yeah, not that anybody, not that you I know feel, what it is. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, don't, I was going to say like, not that like I have the right to tell somebody like, what they should or shouldn't be doing. It's just like a thought that I had where it's kind of like, I don't know, like most of the things in my 
like air quote career that I think have made me better as a performer or an artist or like when I'm like having moments like this where like I'm out somewhere and somebody is just real with me about something like, yo, like maybe this track isn't your best track or maybe that thing that you're doing live, you shouldn't be doing it. And like, I appreciate the fuck when people tell me to that, tell me that shit. Cause it's like, you know, one out of a hundred or a thousand people that will actually be real with you. And I feel like if all of us were more real with each other, like not to be dicks, but like genuinely like helpful, um, it could be very positive, but what were you going to say, man? Um, no, I definitely agree. There's been moments and, uh, actually we were, what was it? Um, I think we performed for our first KRS one show. And this guy came up after us, after the whole performance. And he was like, I really like that song, but you should definitely think about changing that whole beat. I think it's trash. (laughs) <laughs> and, <laughs> and i i love it i was like you know what i think you're right because uh it's just an approach i didn't even think about until you know you said it i thought the i thought there was something missing from it but at the time we didn't like have a real like um a network of musicians that we can collaborate with and compensate or just like you know um, yeah make some jams with so we're just working with beats from the internet you know and it really helps when people are like you know what you should switch up maybe even change maybe even throw that song away (laughs) you know um it's interesting you know it's good to think about good to let your ego die for a minute yeah and step aside yourself i think it's really really important as an artist to come to terms with that and to realize that like every thing that you try to put out there artistically isn't going to work. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's why all of the great artists have like albums and albums of B sides that we've never heard that get earthed, you know, decades later because people are just trying to milk that money from the biz. But there's reasons why these songs weren't on albums. There's reasons why we never heard these songs. A lot of the times I feel bad listening to like, you know, artists that have passed away and they're like unreleased shit. It's like, did anybody want us to hear this? Like, did they really, you know, like, yeah. like you know, I don't know if like I want to hear like Prince's bad ideas. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'd, <laughs> ra- I'd rather just hear the dope ones, you know, because everybody has bad ideas. But I think when you're starting out as an artist and like, you just want to get material released and like, you just want to play shows. Like you're not thinking so much about like, Oh, is this a good song or a bad song? You're just like, this is a song. And now we have enough songs for a set so we can get on a stage. And it really yeah. takes some time to like get to a point where it's like, now you have, too many songs and you can actually start cutting stuff but then you're like well we want to make an album and you know albums nowadays are kind of weird that's a whole nother conversation like some people will put out five songs and say it's an album or you'll Mm -hmm. have like a drake that puts out a double album but it's released digitally so it makes no sense that it's a double album because it's digital um i don't i don't know but it's like 40 fucking songs or whatever it's like jesus christ that's like i don't think i want to hear more than five but i don't want to listen to 400 so it's like this weird in between, right? Um, I think that's where the there's a lot of stuff in there. I wanted. To I know. Sorry. That. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I think that that's why, like, the, a single approach kind of works, or like a grouping of EPs. Like, I liked when Green Day did one t- or Uno Dos Tres. Yeah. And so it was like a, a, a triple album, 
you know, uh-huh. but they, they released it at different times, you know, so you can unpack it. Yeah. I think that there's no right or wrong way to release music. If it's good, it's going to be good. Like there's yeah. bands that I follow online that are pretty much single bands. Like they, they put a single out every month, every couple months, whatever. And I, I fuck with those bands. And then there's people that I know that might only put out an album like every two or three years. And I fuck with that too. If it's good, it's good. Um, it does bum me out sometimes. Like if there's like, if I come across a song that I really like and then I go on, like I look them up and it's like, shit, that's the only thing that they've released. And now you're kind of like jonesing, like waiting for the next thing. Uh, but that's cool though. You always want to leave them wanting more, right? Yeah, of course. But that's cool. You find you found the bottom floor. You came in at the right time. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good and, to find those artists. Yeah, I it, like that. For um, when I find producers, you know, online, you're just like, oh, they only got six hundred views on this video. I'm gonna check this one out. You know. Uh huh. And it follows through that they're like only a thousand views. You're like, yes, nobody's listened to these really. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a lost gem. Yeah, it, it's so. It's, I don't think. That I mean, and it's getting worse, but like how saturated everything is right now yeah. is insane to me. Um, when I was starting out making beats and things like that, like I didn't fucking know anybody else that made beats. I knew a couple people that rapped. Um, and then now it's just unbelievable, like how many people do this shit. But I mean, for the most yeah. part, a lot of it is people that do this shit if we're being honest they don't they're not really like in it but uh they all have social media accounts and shit that's hogging up the bandwidth and making it harder just to get your shit out there you know what i mean like all the fucking time i hear this and maybe you you know you've heard this too with stuff where like people will be like yo that's really good why doesn't it have more views or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like because like one for me i feel like okay like if i have a view like a video on youtube and it has like you know a few hundred hits to me i'm still in this place where i think it's crazy that a few hundred people want to pay attention to anything that i'm doing but like in the grand scheme of things i still know that like that ain't shit because like there's people that could put out videos and they have tens of thousands of views in like a minute like you know what i mean like all like like if you were to add up the total of everything I've ever released, there's somebody else that could put out something in five minutes. They beat that. It's crazy. But also it's like how much of that is real? Like the numbers thing kind of fucks with me because, uh, a lot of it isn't very complicated to, uh, fabricate. I feel like anybody with a, an air quote marketing budget can all of a sudden have 25 K views on their YouTube video. If they, you know, throw throw the right amount of money at the right person yeah and uh it it makes it really hard to like believe things and i hate that like when people are looking at my video like even if it's a friend of mine that part of them is like oh this only has a few hundred views what's up with that instead of like just thinking about like the quality of the content it's like the number has nothing to do with the content itself but it like is like this assumed worth Mm-hmm. it's like almost like looking at like the stock market it's like our stock value is based on youtube views and it's like heartbreaking well, well it is though because like that you can monetize off of it that's why yeah it is that way and it's it it's beneficial to those that are at that place and 
and you can also be at that place, but it's, um, it's really, it's really hard to navigate, especially with, like you said, the the amount that you can just all of a sudden buy a hundred K followers, you know, for an Instagram. And now like, now you can start like just trying to get through and all of a sudden you see uh, a video that's a hundred K views and you're like, Oh, maybe I'll stop and see this because people are also doing that. So the psychology there is, is kind of detrimental. It's what the social dilemma was kind of put pointing out on uh, Netflix, you know, that um, documentary, you know, it's, it messes with your psyche and it's, it's going to, there's going to be repercussions down the line from all of the the dopamine influxes and then the the lack of it from the the downs the comments and then the the lack of numbers and stuff like that like oh i'm not good enough you know so there's a there's a good psychological study that we can do on that which i hope somebody's doing to um determine like what the boundaries should be and shouldn't be, you know, mm-hmm. for things like this. Yeah. Um, it, a lot of it, a lot of it though is, um, really because there is oversaturation with that. Everybody wants a spotlight. Everybody wants an attention. Now everybody's a rapper. Everybody's trying to do something. That's the next best thing. And yeah. What is weird is those that do get seen. It's, um, it's real quick. Uh, like I like uh, 2000, maybe 19, I guess it is, or 2000. It had to be the end of 2019 or early 2020 when Corday put out his uh, first like debut album that like got traction for him. And then a week later, it's like, it's gone, you know? And then same thing. It's like Big Sean put out Detroit too. And it was amazing, but then the next the next week something happens with I don't know, uh, uh like some like something Takashi did, you know? Sure, sure, and it's sure. Just, it's just gone. Like I there's a problem with that, you know? Like and I know people don't just ignore it, but I don't know, there's there's not enough there's not enough going on to stop some of that because it is detrimental, you know, it's, it's wild. Like watching people, um, like if you just like creep on someone going through their phone and look at the way that they like scroll through an Instagram or whatever, it's like the, they're, they're scrolling so fast that like the only way you're going to get their attention is if you have some sort of a, a quick image, it's going to grab them. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. And then once you grab them, it's like, well now you better, uh, have something that keeps them there for at least three seconds, and then maybe you can lock them into fifteen. And if you get them for fifteen seconds, maybe you'll have them for a minute. And then, like as an artist, it starts like changing the way that you think about producing art. Like for me, instead of like, oh, like I just want to make a good song, or I just want to do a cool drawing, or whatever. It's like you know, there's always this voice in the back of my head that's like, well, you can't start a song like that, or you can't start a video like that because it's not you're not going to get the right retention from your Mm -hmm. social media and it's like fuck now you know 
it's a valid point because if I'm putting this out, I want people to see it. And how am I going to be releasing it? I'm probably going to be using social media because I don't have like a management team or PR or distribution or anything, right? So yeah. I need to be thinking about like, okay, making sure that the stuff is good. But once it starts changing the art itself and like you start catering your art to it, it's like now it's like, am I a musician or am I like a social media guru disguised as a music, like a musician? Like what's the end goal here to make a good song or to have a successful Instagram post? I guess it's supposed to be both, but like yeah. it's, I don't know, man. I like, I, I, part of me, like, I feel like I know too much mm-hmm. and I wish that like, there was like this time and maybe you can relate to this where like back when I was like, you know, I knew enough to like get on shows and record some songs, but I didn't know too much where like it started to like ruin the fun. You know, yeah. there was like this like the ignorance is bliss time frame. Uh been desperately chasing that, trying to get back to that for a while, trying to learn how to stop giving a fuck, but while simultaneously still like caring more than I ever have, because I do care a lot about what I do, but I find myself always like distracted by this other stuff that like, I'm just not passionate about. Like I'm not passionate about social media marketing. Like I just Mm want to make good music, but if I'm not, but it's real easy to just like get forgotten about or not have anybody even know what the fuck you're doing at all. Which I feel like is like my personal case is like, I feel like I'm good at what I do. I just feel like I suck at marketing it. Mm -hmm. But like, I also like don't have any, fucks to give about learning how to get better at that or because i feel like I've, I'm do, I've done all i can how do you feel about all this stuff man <laughs> i i've tried to do all i can but that like to get to get to the next level that it does take money you know what i'm saying yeah uh, we did use a pr company um out in the uk to with blue and it it got us like a lot of organic plays that we've never seen before in different locations that we wouldn't have been able able to reach. You know, it's it's great, but it's also it's money. You know, it. And when you're working like day to day, or trying to like flip something with a with your that you did creatively, it doesn't that does doesn't reach to the masses when your numbers can't get like other people's. It's just, it's hard to maintain that kind of relationship between all those, that balance, you know, and it's always a, it's always a tight rope, you know, you have to save for, you have to save for a PR company, but you also have to pay for your, your mortgage or your rent, you know, but you also need a new mic or you need to, you need to invest time into playing piano. You need to invest time into learning a new drum beat or trying to get half times way faster or like mm-hmm. just as fast as you want. Like, you know, it's just, there's so many things that you can do. It's just, you get lost in it all. And yeah. the balance between them is often very unstable. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, like, what it is, but I feel like, I mean, like, I hate to think that it's just money, 
but I'm pretty sure it really is just access to like financial resources that really like makes or breaks most people in this industry. It's like, you know, I've, I've had people on the show that are in very, very big bands, very successful bands that have toured all over the world have, you know, uh, huge, huge bands, you know, um, very just successful. There's no other way I can put it other than they're just successful musicians. And like, you know, all ego aside, it's like, I don't know if I've ever met many people that work that harder than like I do or you do, or most of the other people that I know that really give a fuck about this. It seems like the main re the main difference that most of these people have is that like access to resources, like a label or somebody willing to just kind of like front all those up like those, those behind the scenes costs just to kind of keep the boat rolling. And it's mm -hmm. like, how do you get to that point of like finding somebody that gives enough of shit about you and your work to like consider it an investment to consider you and your art, like an investment. How do you meet that, that motherfucker? I don't know. That's, that's the problem is the, the formula is different for everybody. You know, Jay-Z wrote the blueprint, but that blueprint's just a blueprint, bro. It, it changes constantly, especially with variables, especially with different, people's personalities individuals it's i mean it's hard to like i said yeah. navigate that but yeah it, there's you gotta it, it, and it's all at different times because people have different life experiences that can accelerate and can decelerate those you know yeah yeah that th there's definitely no formula i you know i feel like aside from that commonality between the most successful musicians that I know. The other thing that all of them have in common is that they're just unapologetically good at what they do. Like you cannot deny that they're just fucking good. And I think that there's kind of this self accountability thing that needs to come into play for people like myself, maybe you and maybe anybody watching or listening to this where it's like, yo, maybe it just hasn't happened yet because like your art's not ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that, it's like all you could do is just keep working on making it better and better and better. And um, I don't know. I mean, sure, there's definitely those unsung heroes that are, you know, masters at what they do that never get the recognition. And may maybe you're one of those people. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the hand you've been dealt. But uh, I think that it's, you know, probably also just very likely that it's just not our time for one reason or another. You know what I mean? Like, fuck you know like there's so much that goes into it and it's also covid man there's a there's a difference then between now and then a year ago that's fair yeah, yeah. i still there's, yeah it's you know the opportunity right now is that i don't think anybody's really looking for uh somebody to sign and also like i think both of us are artists that really thrive from a live environment like mm -hmm. if you see us on a stage, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe a recording only to only paints part of the picture. So not being able to play shows and meet people in that environment, I feel like is a huge setback for myself. I don't know how you feel about that. I definitely do, too. Um, that's why, like, um, a couple of times we haven't recorded them yet, but I've ordered some of the materials to do so. Not like a a podcast per se because i don't want to label it that it's more of like um a, a chat with 
with the artists that we work with that I, I wanted to pull out a conversation and pertaining to like anything that we do with a single or album, whatever it is, if you made the art or you did saxophone on it or you did like you sang on it, we wanted to talk to them and put it down and like put it out like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Little little behind the scenes, a little uh yeah. the uh the director's commentary track <laughs> of yeah. sorts, right? Exactly. Um you know for you and the the place that you're at now just like as a human being you know you're you're not getting any younger like like all of us uh you know you're seeing you know firsthand what it's gonna take to you know make shit happen for stuff to continue to grow you know the work that you've put in personally and you see where you're at now and i'm sure that like all of us like you're ready to go you know, 10 steps above where you are now, but like, what is it in you that is like keeping the, the fire alive to actually still want to do this and maybe not like throw in the towel. Cause I think that like in this position where people like we are right now, I think it's like the hardest to get through because it's just like, you're like, I don't know if I, I can't speak for you, but like for me, I feel like I'm just at the ceiling and I've just been like chipping at this fucking ceiling for so long. And I feel like if I could just like crack through that ceiling, like I'm right there, like my face is pushed up against this motherfucker and it's been there for so fucking long. Like, I don't know what else I could do, but I keep fucking chiseling. Where do you feel like you're at in the scheme of all these things and what's, you know, motivating you to keep going? Uh, I mean, there's other aspects that I've had that make me keep chiseling at that ceiling per se. But a lot of it had to do with the, the fact that um, KRS-One, like, we got that opportunity. He gave us props that our music was good. Um, just like, he's like one of the, the godfathers of actual hip-hop, like the people that actually came up and created it. And they said that what you're doing is amazing. That makes me push, even when I'm not really feeling like it's the best, you know? Yeah. Um, because I got those prompts, that makes me know that like I'm definitely good enough. Plus, like performing for like sold out venues and like thousand pe- like thousand plus people, it's uh, it's a feeling of euphoria that you you definitely chase. It's uh, it's weird. It, but besides those, um, just like childhood dreams, you know, um, childhood moments, wanting to actually like perform for people. I, I don't know. I like making people happy. I like making people feel something. You yeah, know? yeah. That they're like we we were just talking about like. People are mindlessly swiping and looking at their phones nowadays. Um, back in the day, it was more like it was more like it, you're actually talking to people. You're you're making a connection, mm-hmm. but now like people aren't even making a connection with themselves. It's hard enough to make a connection with yourself instead of another person, um, even somebody that's close to you. You those laws you you sit there on your phone to avoid those laws you know yeah and so 
if I can make somebody feel something and take away that moment of that lull where you're just trying to fill, you know, if I can fill it with a feeling that's something that's organic and meant for you to to feel as a human and to experience and then unpack yourself and to make you think about it, that's what makes me keep going. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what's up, man. I, I feel like it's such a weird time because, you know, nobody really talks to each other. As you've mentioned, we're all kind of just on our cell phones all the time. And we put so much of ourselves out there that, like, a lot of times, like, you could just, like, know somebody kind of well without knowing them at all because of how much people put on their fucking Instagram or whatever. So, like, maybe part of you doesn't even feel like you need to even go out of your way to try to get to know some people these days just because of, like, how much they already put themselves out there. It's a weird thing. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how or if that's something that should be like fixed or changed it's just kind of something that crossed my mind right now that i never really thought about before just in terms of like you know getting to know somebody like there's people that i've never you know maybe like i've never really met before but i've been friends with on facebook for like years and it's like oh i know that they're into collecting records and i know that they really like PBR and I know that they really, really like this band and like all of these things that you shouldn't really know about somebody that you don't know. But now I know all these things. It's, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Just thoughts rambling around in my head. Oh, I understand, man. I definitely, um, I know where you're, you're sitting at. I I definitely agree on those. And that's, that's why I miss these kind of conversations. man. You know, Um, uh, the, the thing that I find uh, fascinating about about people like you is like you could tell like you're you know not not soft spoken but you're very a very relaxed demeanor and very calm. I could tell you think about things before you say them. You probably think about a lot. You're an introspective person and uh, very very centered. It seems, mm-hmm. but when you're on stage, man the beast comes out. So (laughs) what is that like, uh, for you in terms of like channeling that energy? Do you just like save it up and let it go on stage? Or do you find that like you become almost like a different person? Like you tap into this different part of like your spirit. If you have a microphone in your hand. Uh, I definitely think part of it's adrenaline because there's been times where I definitely didn't even want to be there on stage for me at all because I didn't feel my best or didn't think like the content was the best or like didn't like the set list play, you know, and, but the adrenaline like makes you get into it, you know, um, a lot of it also has to do with like feeling myself, you know, not feeling good in my, my skin or whatnot. Usually I don't really, I don't know as, as an artist, like, I know most artists that I've ever talked to, they're pretty sensitive people. I'm a pretty sensitive person. You know, we all like are, we want to make the best content that we can, but sometimes it's just not, you know, as we discussed yeah. this whole podcast. Um, and so that ends up like making you not like, like yourself or like what you're doing, you know, it's just a snowball effect that happens sometimes. Yeah. 
there's writer's block. And so when you're dealing with all that, you really don't have like the energy to do stuff. But and then the, like I said, again, the adrenaline comes out. But also that, that stuff like affects how you write and kind of affects like, well, how do I want to, how do I want to actually portray all these feelings and emotions and pull them out? But most of the time, I, I usually don't know. And what happens is, is it, it just kind of seeps out because I don't really know how to tap it yet. And that's the honest truth. It really, I really don't. It, I have a hard time with actually talking to people close to me, you know, and usually the only way I can is to write down how I feel. And it's, it's after the point. So I'm like reminiscing on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something that I still want to learn how to tap, uh, tap into, but I've also had a lot of practice uh, performing, you know, I've seen one time I got to open up for, uh, the church uh, chain smokers, right? And um, I was also an MC, so I had to. So that like pressure, like I never was an MC before. So that pressure of doing that and then also opening up for them, um, kind of like molded me into like getting the skills and refining them on how to like talk to crowds and w- what they react to because when you're going to a show, what, what you, you're going there for a show. You're, you're not going to go there for somebody to like, just sit there and talk to you. Like you're on your couch, man. Uh, <laughs> there are shows like that, I guess. And like the one man shows and they're talking about, Oh, my life. Yeah. And it's just like real silence. I'm like, there's time and a place, but they want theatrics. Um, one thing that really made me realize the theatrics thing is, and not to be like, like it's fake what I'm putting on and stuff like that, but it's more like I'm letting you see some of the emotions that I feel that I can't really just like blurt out into the world every day at a car or a person that like irritates me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, it's not, it's theatrical in a way that's not pseudo, but it's like, um, giving you more energy and emotion than you would normally see from me, you know? Um, but anyways, it, you find that in like your day to day and you're able to shape and form stuff from that, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that, um, it's really cool to have those experiences of like not really knowing what is going to happen. Like when you get on stage and almost just kind of like, uh, you know, like there's no, plan it's not really premeditated but uh it ends up becoming like this rush of adrenaline that like you know i remember the first time i played a show rapping like i thought that i was gonna be like very timid right you know Mm -hmm. and then i ended up i was standing on top of the table rapping in somebody's face and i'm not that type of person (laughs) like i don't know what the fuck happened i was just like something you know, I was possessed by something and just like really, ah! and then afterwards I was just back to my like 
okay, thanks. <laughs> you know, Everybody like, comes up, they're like, yo, that was hard, bro. That was, yeah, dude, like, what the heck? You're like, dude, I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, um, I had no, like, <laughs> no, no, no idea, man. I had no idea that that, that was going to happen. I mean, I wasn't surprised because like I have, you know, a background in like rock music and more just loud things and very flamboyant all over the place performances. So I guess it didn't surprise me that whenever I finally got the opportunity that I was like, ah, it just, <laughs> it just definitely wasn't the plan going in. You know, whenever you started writing, um, you know, music in any capacity, whether it was like rap or whatever you've been doing, like when did you start writing music for yourself? Hmm. I'd say in like 2013 or 14. Um, I used to uh, to save money because I wasn't rich by any means. I was in a single parent home, you know. Yeah. Um, just to to save money. Um, and that's not to say like like no one else helped me. Like my mom helped me. My grandparents helped me, you know, um, but just in general, I uh, didn't really have a lot of money and to save money, I went to uh, a side college um, here in Pittsburgh before I went to the main Penn State college. And when I did, I met some other people from around my way that were also doing hip hop and stuff like that. And in 2012 or maybe like 11, I kind of like I started dabbling in writing that uh, that form of music. I used to just want to do like rock or like some kind of jazz band because uh, I grew up on playing guitar and then bass guitar and started to learn the piano and um, started learning some drums, but don't really have a drum set to complete that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but from meeting or in that time I met one of my best friends in life and we used to just kick it and stuff like that and started recording and just I don't know, hanging out and making music from those kind of moments. I like, or back then I kind of started writing, actually writing. And it wasn't until I met the, the people in uh, around my way in, in my neighborhood to start collaborating with each other and like showing each other music. I was like, okay, I have all these raps that I wrote down uh, to some of these beats that I found on the internet. Let me just show them and they like them. So then I was like, okay, like I can actually make something out of this. And I was like, all right, I really like these songs, but I don't have any emotion in them. They're all just like punchline and stuff like that. And so I started thinking about like well what makes me feel at all and it's like well love makes me feel and I started like writing my first love song and so from just writing like a love song that's when I really started digging deeper into like my psyche and my like all my feelings and trying to connect with that because before then I wasn't really connecting with my feelings it's always like you know how kids are and teenagers, especially it's like, they don't know. It's like 
a superhero gets all their powers at once. They don't know how to use all these like extra senses. Sure. You know, like Superman like wakes up uh, or what, what's the, uh, what there's some kind of superhero movie where all of a sudden they just get all these super senses, like Superman. If they're, uh, no, it is Superman. It's when, um, what's his name? Zorgs or no, uh, Zod, Captain Zod. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not Damn. a Superman guy. Uh, well, uh, he comes down and he's from Krypton. Okay. And just being on Earth, it, Superman grew up with all these senses and learning how to learn. But just being on Earth, he's like blasted with them all at once. And he can't like see or hear because everything's like coming at them. That's kind of how like kids and teenagers grow up. Every, all those feelings and emotions are coming at them, especially with hormones influx and all these chemicals in our brains reacting with each other because that's all we are is chemical reactions that we don't know how to control that you know and so like i i really don't think i'm i i have even made the best music i have yet because i haven't really understood any, all of my feelings you know and once you understand your feelings more um and how you connect with the world what that means about you, uh, where you're, how you're built, you know, and how you're going to proceed in life with the future. What, where do you want to turn your pros and cons? Like once you start understanding that, that's when you can, I think you really can, um, start writing the best you when you start experiencing life. So that's also when I started experiencing new things, got out of my, comfort zone that's when i started writing from for myself is when you started like pushing aside the things that um make you comfortable for lack of better terms Mm -hmm. i think that it's really interesting uh just learning how to become a songwriter because as you said there's so much that goes into it and you, it's impossible to like consider all of it at once, really, because there's just like, like what is like what is a bar? How how long should this go for? Like, how do I like make stuff fit to a beat? Like you're thinking about like more of the technical things. I think sometimes, especially in hip hop, you're thinking more about like the technical aspects over like the actual content of what you're saying. And I think it takes some time to really get that technical stuff down and kind of find your voice technically like how do you typically structure things like how do you like to you know do like rhyme structures and things like that everybody kind of has their own little styles that they fall into and i find that like once for me at least once i like found that style that i like to do it became a lot easier to actually think about what i am going to write and how i'm gonna write it and like can i actually perform this live is it too many syllables is it not enough does it make sense like i could think about all of those technical things and also make sure that i'm writing something of like reasonably cohesive content instead of just like a bunch of like fast technical stuff that's just like rhyming words it actually doesn't make sense but it sounds cool you know (laughs) which is like you know there's there's plenty of that and it's definitely easy to fall into that rabbit hole especially in the uh the underground hip-hop world of just like yo this is so technical and cool and it's like well what are you talking about man like you're just just a bunch of hebel jeeble mumble bumble yada yada stuff 
Yeah, that's that's why like um, concepts around things are are great. And you want to, like I said, you want to do uh, something that's going to have something, or you want to do a project that's going to have substance. It's going to leave somebody with some kind of reaction, whether it be emotional or not. You know, mm-hmm. um, you don't want. There's a lot of music that's really just put out there fat. Uh, I compare it often to healthy food or fast food. It's a lot of fast food out there and it's just here one day, gone the next, you don't even notice them or you turn it on and everybody's like, Oh, this is so old. Why would you play that? You know, it's like going to a club now and putting grills on or something by Ching. You know, you're like, why would you put that on right now? (laughs) So it, it's about like, navigating that like i can go on youtube and listen to almost anything from the 60s 70s and 80s of like the like rock and I, i'd be amazed it, there's there's things that stand the test of time and then there's different um different eras in time that uh you can see there's a lot of murkiness you know that you have to pick through Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there's um it seems like the most uh whenever there's like a new revolution in music production and it becomes a lot more accessible to create things quicker and faster, you get a lot of fast food content as you might put it. And I yeah. think the same thing happened with like film and television and cartoons and comic books and yeah. you know it's like once they figure out a way to bang out more content really really fast whether it's like oh you know now we have AI generated trap beats and auto tuned vocals we can you know make a goddamn hit song in three hours on Pro Tools no problem mm-hmm. we could do two dozen of them. They all sound the same, but it's under two dozen different artists. They all look the same, but hey, we're going to make our money. And then, whatever. It's just, it's hard. I think the hardest thing for me has been just like trying to find that audience because I don't think that I'm an incredibly unique person with unique tastes and I enjoy what I do. And I'm, pl- I'm sure there's plenty of other people out there on the planet that are going to enjoy what I'm doing and people that are going to enjoy what you're doing. But finding those people is really hard. And I think it's even harder sometimes because people that tend to like underground hip hop um, tend to be a little bit skeptical of things that they don't know off the bat. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I definitely the, the, agree. The fans can be a little, a little hesitant to give something a chance. And it's just kind of like by default nature of of the scene of the demographic. Right. But it, like, well, I think I definitely think that's only in a, uh, mostly in America, man. When, um, when we were on the KRS one hip hop, the tour in, um, what is it? Netherlands. Yeah. Dude, people saw that we were on the bill and they looked our name up because they didn't know us. And that was like, that's 70 to 80% of the people did that. That came up to us afterwards. It is, it, I definitely think it's more of an American thing, you know? For sure. I could totally, that totally makes sense to me. I'm going to turn on the light, man. Just, just gonna All good. All good. He's in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs>
But I could totally, totally agree with you that it is probably more of an American thing, no doubt. Yo, um, he's back. Think- <laughs> he's back. He's lit up. Uh, I definitely think that it's not too much of a, of a America, American fault. I think there's a lot to deal with uh, the media, like social, you know, the what is, what do you ever want to call it, the modern media for television, you know. I think they have an effect on it. And a lot of people's psyches have been molded to that kind of, I don't know, way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably, you're probably not wrong. I think that it's, it's an interesting, just, again, it's just like being in the middle where like, I feel like I personally exist in this gray area where like, I'm not like, I know that there are people that know who I am and what I do. I know I'm plenty aware. There's people that are aware that I exist. So I don't think it's like this, like nobody's paying attention to my work. Like I wouldn't say that. Like I I know that there are people that are into it. Um, but I feel like, I guess it's back to that ceiling thing where it doesn't really seem like there's like a, like an influx of, new people that come in. I feel like it's just been like, you know, for like the past, we can't even count the past year though, really. But if we do count the past year, we say like, you know, the past, like since I put out my last record, right. Um, it just doesn't feel like it's like, it just feels like it's the same people. Like if I would have had, if I would have been able to have an album release show, I feel like it would have been the same people. And that's weird. It's like, how do I expand past this? I'm thankful for like that. I've got, what I got here, I somehow, I managed to get these, this many people to give a fuck about what I'm doing, but like, how did it stop? Mm -hmm. I know Uh, what you mean, man. It's, it's a, a, that's where I was going with the blueprint thing is like, there's not one rule, one way to do that. I've been trying to access it too, man. Like I went overseas and thought like, naively thought that, just because I was uh, opening for KRS One, that was going to lead to something even bigger, and it may in the future because I had that experience. But right now, it's not immediate. You know, it's not like oh, I got like two thousand more followers because of it. We got a hundred, but yeah. those hundred on the silver on the like the silver lining, those hundred. We've spoken to all of them and we've talked to them organically. And those are like the organic members that have started striving or getting driven to our social media and stuff like that. So it is a lot of footwork, a lot of legwork that kind of chips at that, uh, that ceiling per se, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I like creating some like weird content that's like, I don't know, a dope giveaway, you know? Like, hey, you hurry up and pre-save this, you get a free cassette tape. Like, people don't listen to cassette tapes anymore, bro. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I know, but like, isn't that cool? <laughs> and I, I just like that there's a, that I'm going to be on cassette now, you know? And someone has to go out, if they really want to, they have to go out and find a cassette tape and get it. 
that just means they're doing something for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're doing something to make themselves happy and be like, yo, I can't wait to listen to this on this, you know, that isn't around as much anymore. Or like I, the last song that we released is uh tape decks. And that was what? Two weeks ago, a week ago, about a week ago. It was, uh, it was, Super dope. Uh, people that pre-saved, I have them right here. They get a um, uh, twenty by twenty poster. Oh, that's cool. Well, not people that pre-saved, but the first ten people that pre-saved. Got it. Got it. And it's like, um, I mean, things like that. I think really kind of cement the the awesome fans, but the way I've been promoting them is like, uh, Hey, this is what's coming out in like a small video. It seems people gravitate towards, gravitate towards videos a little bit more on Instagram nowadays. And Instagram's like one of the hubs. So is TikTok. TikTok's all videos, you know? So I try to like do it where it's, I don't know, creatively drawing your eye. Cause I had, uh, like poetry and storyboard writing class and the way the way the storyboard and like the reader reads you want it to match up so in America we read uh, left to right so you want the, the eye to go that way and so I kind of applied those principles to the videos too where you kind of want it, it you kind of want it to keep rolling it, it's all those aspects add into one that kind of chip it away it chip it away a little bit faster in my opinion but there's an oversaturation of like social media and apps that you have to get involved in immediately just to like start getting the next big thing i i don't understand it's i think i i i think it's dumb to be honest like it's it's always disingenuine. It, it's always just another money grabber, attention grabber. It's something to keep you busy. That I mean, but there are pros. It's connection. It's um, most of it's positive connection. Some of it is a way to make you feel. So there's a lot of positives in that aspect, but it does seem. A little disingenuine you know disingenuous whatever the word is yeah no i think that that's been my i guess like personally my struggle with just trying to figure out how to continuously keep the the air quote brand of my art active online it's like how much am i gonna like how how many times am I going to promote the same song over and over again or the same album mm-hmm. or the same this? And it's like, you got to find these different ways to do things to stay relevant and to keep pu- pumping stuff out there because only a small percentage of the people that actually follow you are going to see every post that you post anyways. But uh, it becomes a lot. Um, you end up spending more time, or at least I have personally in the past, I've spent more time you know, on my phone instead of on my computer working on songs. And Isn't it's like, that, now, that ironic? 
now it's backwards. You know, it's like, I mean, I don't think that this is unique. I'm sure this is the case for most people now, but it's like, I'm not a fan of that. You know, it's like, I didn't, I didn't, uh, dedicate my life to doing all of this shit. So I can maybe convince somebody to hit like on something, you know, it's like, I just want to keep making music, but I'm well aware that I need to get good at the social media stuff at some point yeah. in time. If, people are going to be paying attention if, in order for them to even know that what I'm doing exists. Otherwise it's, it's, it's not, it's not like there's a shortage of other artists trying to put their music out there. Like if you, <laughs> if you decide that you don't want to play the game, there's a lot of people that will pick up the bat and swing for you. So, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like you just gotta be like, stay with it. Even if like you really don't want to, but then that can't be good for you. Like, your overall mental health or anything. If all of a sudden the shit that you really don't want to do is attached and becomes like a necessity for your art. I don't know. I wonder what the ne- next steps are though. So artists used to just be like, Oh, you're the artist and we'll handle all this. Now artists are like super independent, which is positive. And, but it's also negative that we have this route where you're just like, now you have to worry about so many things. It's added stress. Yeah. You know, I, th- I, I think, wonder what the next level is. I think, I mean, I think the next level is honestly just getting to a point where you can either pay somebody or you have like a volunteer, like somebody that just really fucks with you. That's good at managing the shit to just help you mm-hmm. out and do stuff. Like I have, um, I have a, a, a friend of mine, Sean, who helps me edit clips for the podcast now. Um, and it's a huge weight off my shoulders just because it's like, that's two videos a week that I don't have to edit or upload. Like, you know what I mean? Like I just send the stuff off to him. He picks out the clips, you know, like little five, 10 minute clips from an episode and then puts them on YouTube and Facebook for me and just kind of helps promote stuff in the background. Um, and that's cool. You know, that's a, that's a, it, it helps. And it's like, I need to get somebody like that to help me with the band stuff and somebody, you know, like that would would be huge. Um, But uh, most of the time you're not really going to get something that is worth. I mean, you got to pay for it. We've already talked about it. You got to put money into it really. Um, Like even if you, if you have a friend that that can do it and is good at it, it's like, they might be good at it for a little bit, but how long is that going to last? And like, you know, I kind of, I don't mind the idea of being able to just like pay somebody to do a good job for something, you know? Um, and if I had the, if I had the the flexible income, I gladly would do that. Um, but I, I just, I'm just not at that point yet. I don't know how I get to that point. Yeah. That's the, the biggest question nowadays, especially for me. It's the biggest one on my mind every single day. It's like, it's like what, what, what the, do we do yeah it's like do i just fucking you know like save up a bunch of money or go into a bunch of debt to like gamble on this thing where it's like yo you know i set aside a few thousand dollars or whatever to like pay somebody like basically cover like a realistic salary for somebody for like a few months to like realistically full-time do this shit for me pay them good get them you know and then hopefully hopefully it actually works. And then it gets to a point where that person's position can be self-sustained and it grows from there. Yeah. You know, just like you would do with any business. Like, you know, it's like, 
You know, do we go? Do you do you go into the bank and get a business loan for your 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 rap group? Like, yo, we need we're we're starting a business here, and you know, we need we need money for employees. Mm-hmm. I guess that's not impossible. I don't know yeah. if, a, if, a, if a bank's going to give grants. you grants. Yeah, grants. there's that like, too. I know Brittany Chantel got grants for her like performance that she did. You know, so there's always that. But that's like how many people apply to that? Like. It's yeah. You have to have an incredible idea. You know, they have to like it. You have to do all that too. It's, there's yeah. a lot of things that go into that, but that is another option. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think the options are there. I just think that I think a lot of it too is whenever you're an underground artist, you have this this mentality where that like maybe thinking that like certain places aren't for you. Because it's no longer underground. Like, like if you were to like actually try to get a loan, or like when you start introducing finances in any sort of way, it like pulls you into a different world that I think a lot of people aren't always super comfortable with, which I totally get. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, considering those options and still considering yourself like a DIY artist a lot of people have a hard time i think relating those things together but i mm-hmm. i don't see the difference in it i think that you know just because you're putting a lot of money into what you're doing that doesn't mean that you're like uh i don't want to use the word sellout but uh i don't know i feel like there's there's a way to ah uh, what's like, I guess ultimately what I'm trying to say is that I think that the idea of just putting money into uh, your work, your project, your business, or whatever, you know, it's no different than any other business. And you shouldn't be afraid to put money into it if it's something that you're able to do. I think it would be a huge help, but... Um, you gotta be serious about it, though. Yeah, I think, yeah I think that for some people... Um, there's like a, there's like a weird stigma almost, I think against that, maybe not so much in underground hip hop, but definitely more of like underground rock or punk or anything where it's kind of like more of a, uh, something that leans more towards like anti-capitalism and all of that sort of stuff where, Mm -hmm. uh, you maybe don't want to, uh, you know, you don't want to make it seem like you have all of this money to throw around at things that are maybe considered frivolous in certain communities. Like, you know, like why are you putting thousands of dollars into yourself? And when you could be donating that money or putting it in, you know, this or that, which I mean, those are valid things too. So it's like, fuck man, I don't know. I don't know what the right or wrong decision is sometimes, man. Yeah. But there's something to say for someone that like donates it back into themselves. Like, um, who was it? Was it Travis Scott? He he donated all the money they made from his tour and put it back into the tour. He made the awesome like super stage and stuff like that. But that brought him to another like he chipped away at that ceiling and made another level for himself. You know, so there's different investments that you can make into yourself with that money. You know, and on that route. You know, yeah. I think it's just a matter of like how confident are you 
in yourself, in your product, I guess, not to call like an art a product, but if we're talking about business, it is, right? How yeah, confident how confident are you in it? And if you're confident enough to make that make a crazy investment, I think that it's almost necessary probably at some point. Mm-hmm. And then just hope that, you know, you get some customers and it could become self-sustained and then maybe maybe somebody comes along and they're like, "Hey, I want to help you manage this." Because they see something in it for them, but at this point, mm-hmm. it, like uh, it doesn't. I feel like it doesn't really. I don't know. I just don't know how you get. I don't know. I guess it's just that thing. You just have that thing about you. You 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 somehow magically one day have that thing that people mm-hmm. want, and there's no way to. Uh, I don't know if there's really a way to manufacture that thing and still be genuine. It's definitely easy to manufacture something that people want. I mean, that's well, pretty much all social media is, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, you can look at the K-pop kind of genre. They do manufacture that thing. Oh yeah, but but you have to have that specific specific thing. Yeah, I mean, well, that's a whole different. That's a whole different can of worms. I mean, that's you know, kids. I mean, they. I think a lot of a lot of people that are in those in that realm. Like, you know, their parents sign them up as kids and basically they go to school to be pop stars, mm-hmm. essentially. You yeah. know, it's like no different than like fucking Taekwondo or some shit. Like you start out really young and you work up through different levels of like, you know, like you're learning your curriculum and singing and then and dancing and exercise to keep fit and fashion. Like you look, they teach you all mm-hmm. of this stuff. And then, like, maybe, maybe at the end of it, like, you get accepted into, like, the Ivy League school, which would be the equivalent yeah. of, like, the, you know, the pop band. Yeah. And uh, that's a whole different thing. And then there, and then there, you have years of, like, making songs and training with that group that you get in. And even then, that's a maybe that they'll put you through. It, it, it's interesting. Did yeah. you see the, the Blackpink documentary? No, I didn't. Dude, that is a good documentary. Yeah? Yeah. Do you know who, uh, you know that group, Blackpink? Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with them, yeah. One of the biggest, I, I think they did, like, they pop every K-pop artist or, like, a lot of other artists, too, and how many people view them and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what What's that documentary on? Uh... Maybe Netflix. Okay. Maybe so. I'll I don't know. I have a Roku and it, and uh, <laughs> my girl and I, we got uh, a bunch of different, you know, streaming services uh-huh. for my brother and stuff like that. So yeah, nice. yeah. cool. I'll have to uh, I'll have to look it up and check it out. I'd be I would definitely be interested in, in watching that for sure. Yeah. Um. But shit, dude. <laughs> so like things, you know. there there while it may be very small i think that we're all starting to see a light at the end of this covid tunnel it's it's a little far it's a little ways off but it's definitely there at least to some degree um what's uh what's in the pipeline for you right now are you planning anything or you just kind of maybe hanging back and just waiting a bit longer before getting your hopes up in (laughs) regards to shows or anything like that um, well, we were supposed to go to Seattle for uh, Hempfest. There's supposed to be a few thousand people there. Um, 
And then we had like Garefest here in uh, PA and then Barnaroo here in PA. And so hopefully those happen, but we have to wait on replies to see if like those are rescheduled and whatnot. Yeah. Because we're still on the bills, but who knows what happens. Um, I really want to, I've been planning because I, I did, I participated in like a, an organization in college where I, I just like went and was a general body member, but it was one of my favorite things about college was a spoken word group. Mm-hmm. And I've been wanting to put on um, a show because one of my, one of my friends from there, they wrote a book and I wanted to like him come out and like do some of his work and speak to people. So I've, I've been wanting to do small events like that, but how can I do those around the COVID thing is, kind of what I'm waiting for. Um, bigger things is like trying to push the music more. Um, there's a lot on the table, but, and it's working through all those, those numbers, that oversaturation, uh, getting that money yeah. to, to pay PR companies. Like what is, and then I, I often question is like, what is the right PR company or what is the right, what is the right price to pay? Um, you know, <clears throat> at this point in time, yeah. It, am I getting what I actually pay? It, it, it's that's that's been my my biggest issue, honestly, in terms of like finding like a PR because like there's as you've probably seen because I'm sure you've done the research. You could go online look up people and you can find like services that offer different packages and things like that for in some of them specialize in certain genres. Some of them don't, but it's like, do any of these people have an actual attachment to my music or is it just like, I give you X amount of money and you just send out X amount of emails to your default contact list and maybe things happen. Maybe things don't. I feel like so much of it is that. And it's like, I wish that like I could at least be in a position where like I knew of like a trustworthy source where it's like, Oh, maybe you submit things and like you get approved or you don't get approved. You still have to pay for it, but you're at least getting partnered with people that have some confidence in your product. And it's not just like a quick buck for them. Um, That's, I I think it should be like a, a sharing thing. It's like, I'm paying you all this money, right? Why don't you give me that email list that you're contacting so that maybe I can like also gain a fan base from that, you know, or also send out things at a later date, you know? Yeah. Just kind of like pay for like information. Everybody wants to hold on to their information. Then it's like, because knowledge is power, but it's like, I mean, it should be shared, you know? It's how that, it's how culture is expanded, you know? Yeah. So everything's driven forward. Yeah. The sharing of knowledge. It's so weird. Like back, um, when my, my metal band Greywalker, when we put out an album a couple years ago, I started really digging into trying to find the right PR for us. And, um, I reached out to some people personally that I knew might know people. And like, you know, connected with people that way. And um, 
there's maybe three people that I actually talked to on the phone um, that did PR work in different ways. And like every single one of them was just talking to me about like pricing and numbers and name dropping things before they even listened to a second of our music. And it's like, okay, I get that maybe you're in a position where like maybe you're having a half dozen phone calls like this a day. And like, it's just this type of thing where it's like, you got to weed out the people that aren't serious to begin with. And for me, it was like, well, I am serious and we do have the money for this, but also like, I want to feel like, I mean, I'm not trying to like say that we need to be best friends or anything like that, but it's like wild to me that like, you're already like telling me that you can help my band if I give you X amount of money, but you don't even know what the fuck my band sounds like. Yeah. You know? And it's like that happened all three times. And I was pretty much just like, fuck, maybe, you know, I don't want to waste my time personally, just like giving some strangers on the internet money. It's like, I'd rather just keep this money and try to push this as best as I can, because who's going to, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe obviously nothing really worked out. So it wasn't the best decision, but I don't know if, you know, throwing that money at those other people would have helped us a whole lot more. Anyways, I have no idea. Um, but I I don't, I don't know how to establish those relationships. Me neither, man. I mean, we, we started with a PR company that reached out to us and they did start off the conversation like that. They were like, Oh, this is what we can offer you. But like, I guess they, I mean, I asked them in the interview, I was like, how did you find us? And they said they found us randomly on their Spotify, which I guess they listened to us first because, because they do reach out to artists as as a, to book as opposed to artists reaching out to them. They usually take the people that they reach out to over that, obviously. But I did see that kind of situation happen. It's like, we got streams for a song because they were able to talk to their contacts to put us on a playlist, which I really fucking hate, dude, is we have to try to pay to get on playlists or try to like get on a, in a position for people to even listen to us. And yeah, it's how do you, where do you come off doing that? Like Spotify was made for like the, is what they say for the independent artists to like have a platform, but it's like, how do we get into those Spotify playlists? You, you only like, they'll only accept your, your song for consideration before you even put it out. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so like now Spotify has all these playlists that they have and that people follow, but it's like, how do I get into that playlist, bro? It, there's no submitting to you afterwards you know it i doubt that That, you even actually consider it it's like an algorithm yeah that whole yeah that whole way that you submit music to spotify's playlist is so fucking weird to me i find it really strange and it has to be um before it's released Mm -hmm. i mean i can understand maybe you don't want to submit like an old song but like i mean like god like you know like four five six months after release date i feel like should be open game and sure like you can only submit something once you can only submit a track from an album once that's fine or whatever but like 
the fact that it has to be before release date is insane. And then when you are like uploading stuff on there, because I'm I'm sure you've used this right, like through the the Spotify for artists things, where yeah. like when you're like do, creating your pitch. Like you got to like attach all of these moods. Like how does your track sound? And like one of the options is like fierce, energetic. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like nobody, nobody that listens to the kind of music I like is like, Oh, I'm looking for something fierce. Like how, like how, like what are these, what is this that I'm participating here? Again, it's the disingenuous, disingenuine it's yeah it's it's another it's another screen for people to look through that make them make them something that they're not like why do i have to tell you that you don't even have the option that i want like wait this isn't even jazz hip-hop it's like sure it's it's like electrical new age hip-hop you know what i'm saying it's new age hip-hop you don't even have that that option you don't even have the 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 feeling i want to i, I want to feel yeah it's a doldrum feeling i don't know sure it's yeah something random. you don't even have that feeling there yeah and, and then you want me to write a little bio what this song's supposed to make you yeah. feel like dude i've like i've like gone on like some uh editorial playlists for like alternative hip-hop and weird electronic music and there's some like wild ass shit that they put on there so it's not all like super accessible stuff like there's some very left field outside the box weird shit that it's like in my brain anytime i like hear those songs i'm like what fucking options did they pick because it's like this this wildest stuff and it's like is this really just luck of the draw i mean you know you got to consider there's probably thousands upon thousands upon thousands of submissions going in there every day you know so much and uh i would like to think that there's maybe somebody that's actually like curating that at some point like somebody's job like all those playlists maybe have like a team full of you know like a small team of editors for that playlist right that are Mm -hmm. hired by spotify and their job part of their job would be to listen and skim through the submissions. And there's probably so many submissions that it gets to that point that I was talking about earlier with like the endless scroll where it's like, Oh, now my song, it better fucking get everybody's attention in like half a second, like quicker than a bar. Like the way that everything starts needs to be like, it has to be perfect. Like the first five seconds of your song have to be perfect. It's like the most important thing. And then uh, with the, with those breakdowns that they a- actually have you ask, I guarantee you that that also relates to the algorithm and how you get placed. Then and it's just like, why can't I go to the the actual Spotify playlist that I I really think my music fits mm. to, and then submit to them? Because like when you're submitting, you're submitting to everything. Okay? Yeah, and they're just actually asking you for a a general term of like what you think your your track is supposed to be in you know like what the fuck like actually <laughs> listen listen to the music or yeah. like i don't know do something differently uh especially because like if there is a team right for that specific playlist for editorials um just so it's not as lost in all the files why don't you have people actually reach out that way it it makes them it makes it more serious for them 
it teaches them different skills, number one, but it makes them more, it makes it more serious for them to reach out and actually do the research and look towards, look for that playlist that they think they belong in, you know? Yeah. Have you messed with Submit Hub at all? No. Um, do you know about it? Uh, I do know. <laughs> um, it's a weird, it's a weird platform, man. Um, so it's like, you know, basically like you, you pay to maybe get onto Spotify playlists. Like the way it works is you go on and you buy these tokens, right? And then you could submit tokens to different people that have different playlists, but you can actually seek out these playlists and then you could submit to be on them. And then like, if you get approved, like there's all different stipulations. Some people will just put you on the playlist indefinitely. Some people might be like, oh, they rotate their playlist out every couple weeks. Um, there's also people that will do stuff like, oh, they'll share your shit in their Instagram story and blah, 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 blah. And um, I did it once. Um, I threw like 75 bucks at it and just like attacked a bunch of different people on all different angles just to see what would happen. And I would say like maybe like 15% of the interactions that we had were genuine. You know, we, we got a couple people that messaged us. The other thing that's cool too, is if, um, if people turn you down for their playlist, they'll tell you why they turned you down, which I thought was actually pretty cool. Like, Oh, like this doesn't fit my mood or like, I think the production on this track isn't good. Um, I got like a lot of cool feedback from people that turned down our stuff, which I thought was helpful. And the people that did submit it, some people were really cool. They added it to a playlist. A couple people actually followed us online. Um, but it's still like, again, it's just money. It's like, you know, if you have that money to play with and you want to fuck with that, it's a cool resource. But like at the end of the day, it's like, it's hard to see like how much it really helps. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I just feel like, oh, I'm out 75 bucks. Have you, and then you have to figure out if that, that playlist is real. You know, that's all. Spotify doesn't put that on Spotify at all, whether this playlist is real or not, or run by bots. All right, you don't know that. And then some of these Spotify playlist curators are just running bots and boosting plays, right? And so you're paying for that, right? And they're not telling you that. Yeah. They do tell you. Maybe yeah. you don't know. I don't. So we were. I was gonna say, I don't think any I didn't experience anything like that. It did seem like the stuff that we got added to was genuine, but none of it was like huge. Like they weren't very huge playlists. They were playlists, which is I mean, I appreciate the underground support. It wasn't like nothing popped us off, but I can uh, I could see where you're coming from. Yeah, man. The, um we got into er, well like they'll curate stuff, but they'll have you pay, right? to like get on that play maybe be considered but they it was a world star hip-hop playlist like an actual one from world star and they had somebody curating it and boosting everything so then spotify took our song off of off of spotify oh because it was attached to that playlist yeah and but like in the playlist they had drake they had like 21 savage or like random artists like that and you're just like why didn't those songs get taken off too they're like still in there it targeted only an independent artist but like and we didn't even know it's like 
there's no genuine aspect to that interaction though. It's like we're trying to figure out how to get on a, a, a Spotify playlist. We think we find somebody to help us that was like really likes our music and they put it on there and then they falsely yeah. boost all of our music and makes us feel like it made me feel shitty. It's like I thought that people fucked with my music. Like I thought people like actually liked it like that. And it was just like a, a shitty booster, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't, it was like, wasn't even like the actual numbers. You're just like, wow. Makes me feel weird. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That would be like a, I, I don't know what the equivalent of that would be, but I can, I could definitely see that being like, a bummer because you're probably all stoked you're like oh shit like yeah. this is working so like uh cement Hub has like actual genuine people or do you actually yeah because there's a there's a website that you can go to where you put that playlist in there and you could see the followers when it's like a graph almost like yeah. you would see on for, the so see. like for what i when i was on submit hub i feel like users can rate the people that like have accounts on there so like people that have good ratings, it's like, oh, like this is legit. And then you'll see some that are like really bad ratings and maybe those ones aren't legit. Like it's a very transparent platform, you know, because like you can like leave reviews for the people that post your stuff. Like if yeah. you if somebody shares it, you can like a feed like a community feedback that's public. Like, oh, like this person, you know, didn't accept my song, but they were cool about it and gave me cool feedback. So like you can yeah. still give them positive feedback. And you could see all of that shit before you decide to submit your song to that person. Like you can read all of the positive feedback and it tells you like how often they approve people, how often they disapprove people. Um the type of music that they tend to like sharing, like you get like really cool statistical breakdowns and there's a lot of people on there too, where if they don't accept your song, they won't like take the payment from you. They'll basically like refund you the tokens if they don't accept mm -hmm. it, which is cool too. Um, so there, it seems like there's definitely genuine people on there, but again, it's like how much money do you have to like throw at something, you know? Yeah. So I don't think it's a total waste. I think it's just a matter of like, having the resources to do it and just having like something that's genuinely fucking good for people to share around. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you're confident in your track and you just want to get a boost on it and maybe get it out to some more people, it's not going to hurt. Yeah. So, well, as we, uh, wrap things up here, I believe that we could probably go. I mean, I could probably do this for another two hours with you if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, maybe we'll save it for another time. Uh, it's because how long can somebody listen to one episode is really what hey, it boils down to. It gets wild. Sometimes it gets wild. Sometimes it does. It uh, does. I, I listen to like three, four hour podcasts. Yeah. And that'll take me. Sometimes it'll take me one day, but sometimes I'll, I'll break it up into a week. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it, man. Yeah. Well, I'll you know, we could definitely do this again sometime, man. I had a good time talking with you. Hope that maybe the next time yeah. we do it, it could be more, you know, you could be here. We can be more face-to-face. -face, yeah. Not over this computer thing. It gets a little weird sometimes. I've, I've talked to so many people 
over the computer. It's just like, oh man, I'm really, I'm really itching to get back into the a regular way of life, at least for the podcast. I definitely want to play some shows, but this is, eh, at least it works. At least we're here. I wish like, I wish everybody had access to like what, I don't know, YMH has or Rogan, like where you can test test just to make sure that they're okay. And then you can have people on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) that's also, Resources, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not feasible, but it's yeah, like, yeah. I, I wish. If everybody, that, that if you, yeah, yeah. If you had an extra, you know, thousands of dollars to buy tests or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, shit, dude. Uh, thank you for reaching out. I'm glad we got to talk for a bit about this and that, man. And, uh, if there's anything that you want to plug or shout out, now's the time. Otherwise, I'll just attach appropriate links to this episode, but let the people know. Yeah, man. Um, we have a single coming out every single month. I'll have something for you, I promise. Got DJ Yamez. Follow follow our DJ uh, at, at DJ Yamez, D-J-Y-A-M-E-Z on IG. Uh, you can follow us on at Abstract Theory Official on IG. Um, I, you can follow me if you want shots of Patron on Instagram, but you'll find almost everything you need on Instagram. We have a link tree there. You can go to Spotify there. You can go to our YouTube. Please follow us on Spotify. People don't understand how much that helps the artist, especially with the Spotify algorithms. Follow us on Spotify at abstract theory, um, YouTube too. Like there's different YouTube algorithms. Once you get to a hundred followers, once you get to 333 followers, and then there's another one at like 1300, there's different, I don't know, like checkpoints that you have to get to on social media for the algorithm to pick you up. Yeah. So people, if you don't know that or understand that, that's what you need to do for people. That's the best thing you can do. I'll never ask anybody to, just shove out money and buy a t-shirt. I'd rather them just follow or whatnot, you know, if they like the content. No doubt. No doubt. I I agree 100%. I think that uh, a lot of people don't understand the value that the simple action of just following you does. Um, Yeah. But, uh, and it's free. It's free. Mm-hmm. All it just takes a, a second, a second of your time. If you're, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we also have a new single, Tape Decks, which is on Spotify right now, and everywhere else. But I'm working with Cam Schmidt, the uh, at campaigns, or I. Well, I guess it's I can ff on Instagram, but anyways, Cameron Schmidt, follow him. Uh, we're working on an animated video for tape decks to go on YouTube pretty soon. Super cool, man. Well, that is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here. One more time, Louis Patron. Thank you. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2021. Woo, woo. Thanks for listening. And we are done my friend that's a podcast we made it happen
Thank you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Gonna fade this out. And that's it. We did it. <laughs>